0: This episode is brought to you by Magic Spoon. Uh, So I got a box of four different Magic Spoon cereals in the mail this week. Cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry. And it was uh, the highlight of my week. absolutely crystal clear delicious boxes of breakfast food that will take you back to your childhood yes diabolical puzzle boxes that will open a portal to an army of extra-dimensional beings who will mercilessly flay your flesh no be safe out there this is a headgum
1: podcast um give me the beef steak yeah give me the beef steak i'm just free my soul mm mm-hmm. I want to get lost. Uh, what rhymes with soul? Hole? In a delicious dinner roll. Okay. Because it's like bread theory. Ugh, I'm trying to rework the lyrics to the song Give Me the Beat Boy and Free My Soul. I want to get lost in that rock and roll. On the fly.
0: Okay. In 86, N. M. Martin wrote the first book. What became a call, now it's time The Babysitter's Club, Club um, Jenner, we had a fucking bad time last time, didn't we? Trying to record.
1: We had a really bad time. Jack and I sat on the phone on FaceTime for an hour and a half together trying to troubleshoot his audio problems. We just never figured out what the fuck was happening our best guess is that the spare bedroom he was trying to record in uh has some kind of radiation issue we call
0: it the bad room you know what i just fucking realized tanner what we didn't have tomoyo
1: oh do you have the sunray on
0: no i didn't have the sunray and i didn't have the doll do you have tomoyo now tomoyo is now somewhere in the house like okay, but she's nearby. She's nearby. She's in one of these this like array of boxes that I have next to me from my stuff right. that I moved. But at the time of recording, she probably wasn't even in the state of Texas.
1: That's why. Yeah. Obviously, that's why. Like we Baby Nation, we had this like phantom
0: audio problem that we could not figure out. It just wouldn't go away. After a literal hour and a half of trying to figure it out, we just had to give up.
1: Yeah, Jack's audio sounded like if you put Jack's microphone in a robot's butt <laughs> and Jack shouted in the robot's face to try to get his audio down.
0: Well, I can now reveal that that is how I was <laughs> trying to record because without you, I just had to kind of set up my own rig here. Right. And
1: I'm not a technical expert. <laughs> no, it, you, you don't even need a robot. You can return that. Yeah, well, I guess now I know that. Um,
0: we did, Tanner, read a book today.
1: No, we read a book a week ago.
0: And you've forgotten all of it. Yeah. Um, I thought that it was uh, pretty good, clean, babysitting fun.
1: Uh, It was good. It was a little bit of like a special episode, a very special episode. Yeah. Not quite. It was about dyslexia, Baby Nation, and kind of had vibes of very special episode, but and veered away from getting too serious about it. Yeah, things didn't get too special. You know what we haven't done yet? What? Introduce this show. Hi, hi. Hi. And welcome to the Babysitters
0: Club Club, Club, a podcast in which I, Jack Shepard, and I, Tanner Greenring, man, it feels good to be back on the horse. Yeah. Back on the dream horse, you know, riding towards the sunset, discuss the classic novels of Prince and Zone, Princess Anne Matthews Martin, Stormwalker, Soul Skinner.
1: Why? Bats Bane. I think if you give her a new title, it needs to be justified. We call well, her Saint because of Saint-Martin in Paris. Mm-hmm. I don't know why we call her Annabelle. I don't know why we call we her We call princess. her
0: Princess because she's the princess of the Prince of Towns.
1: Right. She's from the <laughs> Prince of Towns. <laughs> yeah. Prince Town. We call her Stormwalker because she walks the storms. Right. She was born during a storm. She went to first grade during a
0: storm. We call her Bats Bane because bats fear her. Yeah. Um, I think we decided a couple episodes ago that we call her Soul Skinner as well because she referenced an X-Men oh, right. comic called The Soul Skinner. Right. And we think that's her. Out of the blue. Yeah. <laughs> It just seemed like a good epithet for her. Are well, we going to
1: start phasing some out as we phase some in, or else these intros are going to be like an hour and a half long?
0: I've been kind of picking and choosing lately. Okay. Um, we discussed the classic works of Prince and Zone, Princess Anne Matthews Martin. Whether Soul Skinner or not, we don't know, but we didn't know she was fucking Stormborn until she announced it on her Facebook page.
1: Right, we have to wait until she reveals these things to us. Yeah, she's going to do like a Facebook... Update that's like
0: five crazy things about me. I flay the souls of the innocent, <laughs> number one.
1: <laughs> it's like, yeah, we know Anne. We <laughs> <Number> already... <laughs>
0: two, I was born in Princeton. We already have that one, ann We got it. Um yeah, we discussed her novels. Uh this week we read a book called Claudia's Friend. Claudia's fr- fr- friend, Friend. It's, uh, it's difficult to say. There's no real way to say it. The friend. book is not called Claudia's Friend. The book is called Claudia's friend fryy
1: strike through strike through friend friend yeah because if you just say Claudia's friend it's kind of a bland title you don't really get a lot out of that but when you read the full title Claudia's fray and strike through friend that really
0: has a lot of resonance right that negative space right uh, is something that I'm hoping to dig into an awful lot I bet discussions production
1: costs on this book was through the roof. Oh my god. Because yeah. they had to print that strike through on every cover. Yeah, that's brutal. Like I don't think that just comes equipped on book cover printers.
0: No, and I'm sure that a million copy editors were like, "Um, actually, yeah. uh, you sp- you spelled it wrong." Right. And like Anne and Nola Thacker and Hodges had to keep on being like,
1: "No, no, no, we want it spelled wrong. It's like <laughs> it's a joke. It's like kind of a
0: bit we're doing together."
1: Except for the one dyslexic copy editor. It's like, <laughs> "Looks good. Cut and print." Claudia's friend, friend. (laughs) Perfect. Don't know why you have friend on there twice, but you're the genius. (laughs) I'm just a dyslexic
0: (laughs) copiator trying to make it in this tough business. (laughs) This is the first piece of work I've
1: gotten (laughs) basically ever. Um, All right. Give me the beefsteak. Free my soul. (laughs) Yep. That's how that song goes. want to get lost in this. Podcasting
0: bread roll, it's just I just really, I think bread roll's I, it. I just I very much don't think it's working in um, this podcasting hole. <laughs> That's not bad.
1: <laughs> soul Skinner, like I want to get lost uh, and skin your soul. Oh, so
0: maybe skin my soul. Yeah, yeah. Give me the beef steak.
1: Give skin me the beefsteak and skin my soul. I want to get lost in your. Now we're back Pod? at dinner roll again. <laughs>
0: I think we're halfway there. Okay. Um where there is, I don't know and I don't necessarily want to know, but we are halfway to it, whatever it is.
1: Living on a prayer. Yeah. <laughs> um
0: speaking of which, I guess what do we do? You we describe I've seriously dude, I've forgotten how to fucking
1: podcast. I think we're doing a good job so far. Uh it's been 15 minutes and we haven't uh even approached the text yet. <laughs> Let's approach it, man. How about I describe the book and then you can
0: describe it? Okay. Does that sound good? Sounds fine. Okay, cool. I'll do that. That's what we do. That's what we do. Um, I'm going to describe the book and then I'm going to have you describe the book. Okay. I'm going to begin now. In the alternate America where Claudia Kishi lives, all students who don't pass the test when they turn 13, or immediately assigned to the resource room for re-education. And despite her creativity, her ingenuity, and her quick wit, Claudia has never possessed any of the qualities that her rigid society evaluates through the dreaded test and enforces inside the mysterious resource room. Desperate to avoid her fate, Claudia looks for help from two unlikely sources. A brilliant eight-year-old from her district named Shay, and the top student in her class a severe and humorless taskmaster named Stacy McGill. As these three young outcasts work together to keep Claudia out of the resource room, they uncover more about the test and the society that administers it than they could ever have imagined. Claudia's friend.
1: I want to read that book.
0: Yeah, we did.
1: No, I didn't (laughs) catch any of that. That sounds like a good book. (laughs)
0: Did you not catch all of the talk about the fucking resource room in this yeah, novel?
1: The resource room spooked me out.
0: There's a lot of resource room talk.
1: Shay is threatened with the resource room because of his dyslexia. Yeah. Claudia has been there. Yeah. She's come out the other side.
0: Can I read you a resource room passage just to give yeah. baby nation a little bit of a taste of what I'm talking about? Mrs. Hall pressed her hands together and leaned toward me. Claudia. Why don't I arrange for you to spend some time in the resource room again? It's helped before. I could not think of what to say to that. No! Mrs. Hall looked a little startled, so I lowered my voice and tried to sound less panicked and more reasonable. I mean, no, thank you. I don't think that will be necessary. Very intense. Then later, Claudia tries to convince her that the resource room will not be necessary, and Mrs. Hall... Did not look convinced. But she said, Very well. However, if you do not pass this test, we will do more than just talk about utilizing the resource room. Like, what the fuck is in the fucking resource room, dude? It's not good. People come out changed. People come out different.
1: Claudia went in, and she came out the Claudia we know now. Yeah. Before she went in, she was probably more like Janine.
0: Oh, yeah, totally. 196 IQ computer savvy
1: knew a little too much started to figure out some stuff that she shouldn't have figured out she went in she came out kind of a little just a little slow a little slow
0: she's a an artist creative she's creative now yeah um yeah the resource room is scary as shit dude um we can get more into that but first what i would like to do is have you describe what happened in this novel within 60 seconds do you think you can do that
1: i can try I'm hoping the slight lag on FaceTime yeah, earns me like an extra fraction of a second.
0: Well, last time we did this on FaceTime, you just like conveniently let the call drop and then just talked until you finished describing the fucking book.
1: I didn't let the call drop. You did. Uh-huh. All
0: right. I'm going to put 60 seconds on this big bad clock, and then you're going to describe the book.
1: I am going to start right now. Okay. Uh,
0: Oof. Five seconds already gone. I don't remember.
1: I have have zero recollection of this book. I was hoping that your recap would kind of shake something loose, but.
0: 20 seconds are gone. uh,
1: Claudia's, uh, no, Claudia, no. Claudia has, uh, no, Shay. Yeah. Shay Radowski's in it. He's got dyslexia. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Claudia's going to fail English. Yep. Stacy agrees to be your tutor, and they fight. Mm Mm-hmm. That's all I got. That's all I remember. <laughs> it's
0: been so no, you long. you did it. You did it in only 42 seconds.
1: Yeah. That's not i bad. stop.
0: I stopped the clock.
1: That's pretty good.
0: If by pretty good you mean the worst job that anyone could possibly do of this particular very easy task, describe a children's book that you just read last week.
1: Yeah, I but I read it last week and I've already started reading the one for next week. Uh-huh. So, they don't stay up there very long, you know.
0: You want to try to get through it together? Claudia has to pass an English test.
1: Right. And if she doesn't, she fails.
0: She fails. She goes to the resource room. That's bad.
1: And her parents probably won't let her be in the babysitter's club anymore. Right. Because last time her grade slipped, her parents made her leave the babysitter's club. They
0: were like, we're going to take the one thing from you that you love. And she thought it was the babysitter's club, but it was actually her grandmother, Mimi.
1: Right. They took her. So
0: they do not fuck around.
1: They sent Mimi to the resource room. Yeah. <laughs> they had her processed for her <laughs> essential minerals.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's where Mimi still is. Um, so that's bad. Meanwhile, Shay Radowski uh, has trouble learning because he's dyslexic and he thinks right. he's dumb.
1: And as we know, babysitters, one of their many duties, one of their many uh, offerings, is tutoring. Right. So the girls of the babysitters club uh, agreed to tutor. Shay but he's not open to it he's, He doesn't want to be Talked down to he doesn't want to be treated like a baby He thinks he's dumb and he's Unfixable right and it takes Another like broken it Takes another divergent Right to come in and Teach him how to learn
0: Meanwhile the person who is teaching Claudia how to learn is Stacy McGill and Stacy turns into this fucking monster
1: Yeah she's being a real
0: she's being a real dingleberry
1: real dingleberry um and go figure baby nation am i right (laughs) stacy being a dingleberry yeah
0: burn of the week on stacy um something that i want to talk about as we delve into the text is the next thing that happens which is that claudia decides to keep two diaries
1: she has to keep a diary baby nation so that she can um do, like, spelling exercises. She keeps, like, a, a di- diary so that Stacy can correct her spelling and correct her grammar and stuff. Uh, but then she decides to keep another diary to use it as, like, a burn book. Yeah. She wants to trash Stacy.
0: And inevitably, the diaries get switched. Stacy finds the diary. They have a big fucking blow-up about it. Um. But, yeah, that's. I feel like that's the tight 60 on this book.
1: Did we just do that in under 60 seconds? Uh. yeah. Maybe we should just reprogram the show so that you give me prompts and I like fill in the details. I
0: gotta say, it felt pretty good, you know. Yeah,
1: it was like you were tutoring me through this book.
0: Okay, good. Well, now Baby Nation is gonna be really grateful because they know what the fuck happened in this book. And they read it. I'm hearing from a lot of Baby Bees that people are getting hooked. Somebody wrote in to say that they picked up Marianne's Makeover and really liked
1: it. I mean, if you can spare an hour and a half each week, yeah, we do it. We do it. Um,
0: let's see the section that I have this note under is titled in a way that I think is going to turn you off. Okay. But I think it's an interesting topic. Okay. What I wrote down for this section is negation and dereification in the lexical order. And most of those are words that I made up.
1: Reification. It's not a made up word.
0: Well, dereification is though. Okay. I think that there's a thing that is going on here that is, we've talked before throughout this series About how the imposition of language is this sort of power play that in many ways is related to the patriarchy in particular, but is also just kind of a power dynamic that keeps these girls in their place. And is something that it's difficult for them to break out of uh, because they have to subscribe to the discourse communities that they don't necessarily belong to or want to belong to or wouldn't if they were self-actualizing. I swear I can just see the top of your head. What are you doing?
1: Oh, sorry. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) self-actualizing.
0: Are you playing a game? I need you to look at me on the... Because I can still see you. I need to see your little face while I talk.
1: If I said I was playing a game, would it make you angry? Yeah, it would upset me. (laughs) Well, then I'm not playing (laughs) a
0: game. Listen, this is interesting. Uh, Claudia and Shay, in particular do not have command of language in the way that society dictates that they should, right? And the people who do have command of language are using that as a way to gain power over them.
1: This is like our podcast. Oh, okay. You use language and academia and large words, Mm -hmm. complex words, to kind of like come off as the, the intellectual one.
0: Right. And by doing that, I put you into a negative space. This is good. I, I'll accept that. I want to put a asterisk against it because I object to the notion that I'm actually doing that. But as a metaphor, you do do that. I love it. It's exactly what I'm describing is going on here. In the case that I'm describing, you are the friend, strike through, crossed out, and I am right. the friend. I'm the real friend. Okay. Right. And this is what's interesting. So like that frind that is struck through, that negative space, that's where Claudia and Shay exist. They exist outside of the lexical order. They are dyslexic. Dis in Greek just means like anti or non. They are non-lexic. They are outside of the, the order that is created by language, by words. And because of that, they feel negated. They feel inside this negative space. They feel exiled. They are exiled from the imposed symbolic order that keeps their society together. Sure.
1: It's like uh, Mirror Man from Flash. Yes. You have that written down? (laughs) No. (laughs) You reacted in a way that it was like, I had read your mind.
0: (laughs) But I think, yeah, mirror is right. Negative space is exactly right. Listen, here's a fucking quote. Now sitting on the floor with Stacy, my back against the foot of Janine's bed, I started getting distracted by all that clean, empty space. If it were art, would it be called the absence of form? Or have something to do with negative space? Claudia is literally referencing negative space. And the title of this book has negative space within it, right? We had trouble describing the book when we were talking about it. It's Claudia's friend, but there is a negative space inside there that we can't say. We're not allowed to say because it's outside of the lexical order. It's outside of the symbolic order that is imposed by language. This is a fucking fascinating exploration of that. Uh You don't think so?
1: No, I think it's good. Fascinating. It's a fascinating exploration.
0: I've got so much on this. Okay. Someday when I'm grown up and through with school, I'm going to invent an alphabet that doesn't have so many slippery letters in it. That's what Claudia says. She says that, but yeah. Oh, Shea says that. Yeah. He says that to Claudia. Isn't that beautiful? Yep. Like they're dreaming of this world where they're like freed from the constraints of language. They're freed from the fucking resource room. That's what the resource room is as a metaphor. Um, well, that's fucking fascinating Thank you <laughs> I was saying what I said is fascinating Oh. Um, here's something we can talk about In terms of negative space That I think you'll be maybe more interested in talking about Ghosts Okay. Do you want to talk about ghosts? Sure,
1: you had some ghost encounters in this yeah. novel
0: Ghosts exist in negative space, right? And guess who's fucking back this week? Ben Brewer
1: Yeah, Ben Brewer, first mentioned in ages
0: this is fucking a terrifying moment. David Michael walks into the basement of the house where I think Stacy. Stacy is babysitting. And Karen Karen's not even there. It's just David Michael.
1: It's David Michael and Emily and Michelle.
0: All of a sudden David Michael has got obsessed with Ben Brewer, the ghost who lives in their house that, that Karen traditionally brings up.
1: Watson's beloved deceased grandfather.
0: Yeah. Watson Ooh. is like, would you please stop invoking my beloved grandfather's <laughs> name? Karen, really... I miss him every day. <laughs> <laughs> um, but David Michael puts on a sheet and goes and hides in the basement. And
1: I'm 33 years old. Yeah. I would never put on a sheet and go hide in the basement. Too scary. You're also, like, tempting fate. It's like a fucking horror movie. Like, oh, I'm going to be scary. I'm going to put on a sheet and go hide in a basement. It's like, yeah, I've seen American Horror Story. That's how you fucking die. Ghosts don't appreciate irony. Or no, they do appreciate irony. So, like, when Stacy comes downstairs and you're going to jump out and spook her, the thing that's actually going to spook her is your, like, flayed corpse that's been, like, ghost-wrecked. Yeah, is that a technical term? I think so. Ugh. And that's essentially what happens. David Michael's like way into ghost stories. He wants to talk about Ben Brewery. Wants to read ghost books. But Stacy's too scared. Yeah. Um, and then he disappears for a little while. And then the power goes out. Total blackout.
0: Yeah. So everybody fucking loses their goddamn mind. Stacy comes down in the basement and like I guess the power comes on just as David Michael is standing there with a fucking like ghost sheet on. It's like a bad prank. Emily Michelle is crying.
1: Stacy's crying.
0: Stacy is crying. David Michael starts crying. But here's what's significant about this particular passage, is David Michael didn't turn the power out.
1: No, it just went out.
0: As soon as David Michael invoked Ben Brewer, that was when the power went out.
1: Right. Do you think he opened up some kind of gateway? Like, this is the opportunity Ben Brewer, and, frankly, probably several other ghosts, were kind of looking for? Yeah, 100%. Have you seen that movie... Um, i think it's called 13 ghosts no it came out in the early 2000s it's got <laughs> matthew Lillard in it <laughs> okay and this is the plot yeah it's there's this mansion in the hills where this eccentric billionaire lives and he invites his long estranged like niece to come he dies and his will's like if my niece can stay in my house overnight she'll win my inheritance And she gets there, and there's a bunch of other people there, too, who are like, we want this man's inheritance. We're all going to stay in this house tonight as well. And it turns out that he is a ghost hunter, and he's collected the souls of 13 disturbed ghosts who died violently. And he has set up his house in a way that each ghost, if you try to get the money, God, I can't really remember. The lawyer tries to grab the money from the safe, but in doing so, he released the 13 ghosts.
0: Can I ask you a question, Tanner?
1: And, yeah.
0: Why is it that you were able to succinctly describe the plot of 13 Ghosts starring Matthew Lillard in 30 seconds when you couldn't remember a single fucking detail of this book that we read last week that we both have a podcast about?
1: I'm going to see when 13 Ghosts came
0: out. Okay. All right. So you're not going to answer the question. (laughs) Can I ask you a a follow-up question?
1: 13 Ghosts came out. In October of two thousand one, uh-huh. I saw it in theaters. I have not seen it since, <laughs> and I, it is vivid in my memory.
0: Here's my follow up question for you: Is uh, Freddie Prinze Jr. in that movie as well?
1: He might be. He might be a ghost. Actually, I think he's the go a ghost. Here's listen to this all star cast. You ready? Okay. Yeah. Shannon Elizabeth, the girl from American Pie.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Tony Shalhoub. Wow. Matthew Lillard, then just a bunch of other people. Okay. You're thinking of, when you said Freddie Prince Jr., I think maybe you're thinking of Scooby-Doo.
0: Well, I just feel like where Matthew Lillard is, Freddie Prinze Jr. cannot be too far behind.
1: No, he's not in this, as far as I can tell. There was a, one of the ghosts was a, um, it was just, like, a torso uh-huh. with, like, an arm, like, wrapped in plastic. It was, like, a guy who had been hacked up to death. Okay, God, it was a good movie. And I think it resonates a lot with this text we just read. I think that's essentially what happened in the Brewer-Thomas household.
0: Here's what I think happened in the Brewer-Thomas household, Tanner.
1: David Michael went down to get the money. In doing so, unlocked a series of arcane locks, releasing the terrorized spirits of 13. Let me tell you what happened here, Tanner. One of the ghosts was this big guy who had a bunch of railroad spikes driven into his face. That was pretty spooky.
0: David Michael, when Stacy confronts him about this, like, sudden interest in ghosts, admits that he was just given a book of ghost stories. Right. You know what that is, Tanner?
1: Is it like the Necronomicon?
0: No, it, it's lexical reification.
1: I thought it was going to be something cool.
0: It That is fucking cool, dude. The fucking words about ghosts instantiated a real thing. That's what this book is about.
1: I thought it was going to be like um, Lovecraftian. I thought he was going to somehow like have some kind of dark tome of... Terrible old one secrets, and by reading from this tome, he had summoned the old ones to this mortal plane again.
0: Yes, dude, that is exactly what I'm describing. Well, say I just it like that, that's so much it. better. <laughs> but that's what this book is about, right? It's the power of language to make something real, and without the power of language, you become negated. You exist in this negative space. But when David Michael gets a book where the words about ghosts are written down and he reads those words. It instantiates the ghosts. It reifies them. It makes them real. That's a fucking huge development in this series. Well, what else is in that book? I don't know,
1: man. I wonder if that book contains like all of the factions. I wonder if this is how like, they came to be.
0: Uh, baby nation i'm just looking at my phone and a text came up tanner apparently while we were talking just now texted me the youtube trailer to the film 13 ghosts <laughs> starring Freddie prince jr
1: <laughs> let's watch it together no that's not gonna be good
0: audio man
1: fine we'll save it for after the record but i think you should watch this flick it's good
0: <laughs> all right cool thanks for the recommendation um so yeah david michael has a book
1: well this is spooky i want to know what else is in this book It feels like this book is probably pretty important to the mythology of Stony Brook. Now we have a book that summons spirits. Yeah.
0: Um, you know who else is a fucking ghost in this book, Tanner?
1: Most of the babysitters. (laughs) No, uh,
0: the secret admirer. That's a B plot element that we never got to.
1: It's Shay and Jackie and the Braddicks.
0: Yeah, but there's a secret admirer who it's worth noting that Stacy says is a ghost. Um, As one of her suspicions, Uh, the secret admirer just leaves notes on their door after Babysitter's Club meetings that say things like, you are very nice. Yeah. And the one note that I have on the secret admirer is Marianne's guess at who the secret admirer is. Janine held out an envelope with the letters BSC printed across it. BSE being the abbreviation for Babysitter's Club. I naturally assumed it was directed to you. That's Janine. I should have done a Janine voice, but...
1: Yeah. I naturally assumed it was directed to you.
0: Uh, BSE being the abbreviation for Babysitter's Club. I naturally assumed it was directed to you. Uh, Gee, thanks, Janine. I took the envelope and ripped it open. Inside on a plain piece of white paper was a typewritten message. You are very nice. What
1: what a lovely thing for Logan to do.
0: (laughs) Marianne's eyes filled with tears. She reached one hand up to touch the little pearl earrings that Logan had bought at the SMS auction and given to her. Like two things, Marianne. One. You thought that your boyfriend wrote you are very nice in all caps and left it on the <laughs> door where like you and your like six friends are hanging
1: out? Yeah. He could just call you. <laughs> he could just come. He's often at these meetings. Two you cried because of it (laughs) (laughs) that made you cry cry? that's not that surprising (laughs) i would have been more surprised if she didn't cry at that
0: Best Fiends is a free-to-download, casual, mobile puzzle game with literally thousands of levels that is boredom's worst nightmare, and uh, if you guys don't remember, Tanner and I have been engaging in a friendly competition uh, between my group of fiends, uh, the... Jack's, Jack's jumping jerks, jerks. Jack's and jumping Jerks. And Tanner's Tiny, tiny ticklers. ticklers. yep. Um, and up until now, we've had some difficulties because while I have been playing through the game at quite a clip and advancing uh, and binging on the game and advancing mm-hmm. from level to level uh, and enjoying more levels, events, and challenges that are added all the time, um, Tanner, you've tended to have trouble um, getting your phone started. My if,
1: phone wasn't working, but yeah. I have gotten it to work, Jack, okay. and I've, I've, I feel like I've caught up with you in Best yeah. fiends. Um, okay, that's great to hear. And I'm really, I'm, I'm here to engage with you on it and and talk about kind of our experiences playing the game. I do love the game. I just had a lot of phone troubles up until now. Okay, well, I'm glad. But you're now back I'm again. I'm embracing it. I'm playing it. I'm having so much fun with it. I love it.
0: Uh download Best Fiends Free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. Holy That's sh- friends without the R. Best this thing just lit up. Fiends. Okay. Well, this is great.
1: Whoa. That's a lot <laughs> of notifications.
0: <laughs> I don't think like at no reasonable age where you might have a boyfriend or girlfriend would you also write you, you are, are very nice, nice as a your love note.
1: I guess. I'm trying to think of whether I would take that approach. Maybe.
0: Try it, man. Right, you are very nice in all caps today. To Jamie. Not necessarily to Jamie. Right, you are very nice in all caps and leave it on the door of your house somewhere. Okay. And see if Jamie is romantically moved by it.
1: Oh, she would be. She would probably start bawling. <laughs> I don't often show affection that explicitly (laughs) you know
0: you know what I've been dating Sarah for eight to ten years and I've been married to her for two years I have never once told her that she is very nice
1: very nice (laughs) also a boring line
0: should I go tell her you want me to go tell her now
1: yeah bring her in call her in
0: all right I'm gonna when we do this should we do this live as a as an experiment
1: yeah call her into the room
0: all right I want you to witness it. We'll see how she reacts. Hi. Hi, will you come in for a second? Me? Come in? Yeah. Why? I need to have to tell you something.
1: What? Hi, Tanner. Hello. <laughs> Can you hear me?
0: I've never told you this before. You are very nice.
1: Uh, thank you.
0: You're welcome. She's not crying.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Damn! I thought that was gonna work. Okay. It made. Tell her I made Marianne cry. You could go now. Okay. I love you. I love you
0: too. Bye.
1: Bye. Bye. Damn, See, I thought nothing. that was going to work. I thought
0: it was going to be Waterworks.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think Jamie's in bed, so I'm not going to call her in.
0: <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't after that reception.
1: 13 Ghosts only has a 14% on Rotten Tomatoes.
0: <laughs> really? Are you kidding me? After that description? Are you sure it's the movie you described to me? You know what? Maybe it's because it doesn't have Freddie Prinze Jr. in it. That's yeah, the missing that's piece.
1: Probably it, yeah. <laughs> like Wing Commander. Mm. I bet that's got kind of a way higher rating. Um, we should get into horror movies, man. The budget on this was forty two million. Yeah. The box office, and keep in mind it has a 14% of Rotten Tomatoes. The yeah. box office is sixty-eight million. Damn. It made half of its budget back again.
0: So it made what, twenty twenty six million? Right. You know what that is? That's two million for every ghost.
1: That's true. It's kind of a bargain, you think about
0: it. Yeah, we should do it. Because I don't I my thing is like I'm risk averse. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to encounter that many ghosts so i would do oh, no I would just you don't do, want
1: to they fuck up they fuck up everyone in this place yeah
0: yeah i would do one ghost and then just Which make one? a cool 500k okay. i don't know ben brewer
1: that's a good one um tanner can i ask you a question what um i've been away where where were you
0: i moved to texas oh. and i haven't had an opportunity to ask you this since i moved
1: where is it um
0: Did you, uh, have a...
1: (gasps) Burn of the way! Sorry, Jamie.
0: (laughs) Figured I'd get that out of the way before, uh, Jamie went into REM sleep.
1: Um, did you have a burn of the week this week, my man? I did. So we mentioned that Claudia is keeping two journals. Uh Uh, One of them is her journal for the streets Uh where she is uh, nice and polite and one is her journal for the sheets and her naughty burn book journal begins like so. I pulled out an old sketchbook only this one didn't have any lined paper. It was only partly used. I flipped past the sketches wrote the date and time at the top of first piece of blank paper and began my secret journal anastasia mcgill is a pill (laughs) i'm glad she's helping me study i know i need all the help i can get especially since i don't want to fail english but i don't like being bossed around like i'm some kind of two-year-old child she should see herself aha and underneath i drew a caricature of stacy as a pointed nosed school teacher holding a ruler. (laughs) it's
0: very typical of you that your burn is a non-audio thing
1: well there's also no picture here yeah she says she draws a picture but she doesn't provide a picture (laughs) but there is a screenshot here yeah like that passage i just read that stacey mcgill is a pill yeah is in claudia's handwriting
0: so there are like a million crossings out
1: right and it's like it's ripped from her journal but they didn't bother providing like the very good picture of Stacy, as like a school mom.
0: God, I would love to see that. How much would you commission Hodges Swallow to draw that
1: picture? Oh my God, Jack, we should absolutely. Have we talked about this? I don't know. We should absolutely commission Hodges to paint a portrait of us. Okay, let's do it. Let's kickstart it. Baby Nation will pay
0: for it. Baby Nation, we may have talked about this before because it's starting to ring a little familiar. But now that we have hit the big time, now that we're a headgum podcast, right? You know? Now that we now have we a whole head gum money, we got that sweet head gum money, oh. um, and we got a whole nation of babies behind us. We are going to raise whatever money it takes to get Hodges Swallow to make a portrait of us.
1: Right. And there, it'll be full of like little secrets. Yeah. It'll be you sitting on like a velvet chair. Yeah. In a smoking jacket, and I'm standing behind you with like one hand on the chair.
0: Oh, yeah. like,
1: a full safari outfit. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. Uh, And there'll be all these, like, little elements. Like, there'll be bees, and you'll be holding a piece of bread.
0: Can I be holding in one hand one of those little, like, like, orbs? It's a purple orb, but it has a cross on the top of it, like the kings do in those. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That's very good.
0: Okay, good. We'll sketch this out. We'll sketch this
1: out. Um, Did you have a burn of the week? um, My burn is... Similar,
0: it's also related to the tension that happens between Stacy and Claudia over the grammar lessons. And this particular burn happens after they have a very, very heated argument about apostrophes. Uh, Claudia just can't fucking figure out where the apostrophe in it's, as in the contraction of it is. She can't figure out where that goes
1: it goes after the team before the
0: s yeah and uh, she she gets very upset that the apostrophe doesn't also exist in the possessive version of that right um shortly after that a note arrives for the babysitters and they're speculating as to who may have left the note for them i knew it said stacy knew what i snapped it was the first time during the meeting that i'd spoken to her that it's from sam of course I'm positive it's from Sam. All these fucking girls. Like, the note says, like, you're the best.
1: Right. <laughs> well, this is good tips, you know? If you just want to, like, impress girls. Baby Nation, if you're, if you're out there trying to impress girls, yeah. just say these very, like, generic blanket compliments.
0: All caps. Right. And just, like, sneak into their, their bedrooms
1: um, and
0: leave it on the door.
1: Uh I wouldn't do that.
0: So just write all caps notes that say things like you are very nice or type them. You are the best. Oh, right. Type them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Type them obviously in all caps and find a way into their home. Right. And leave that note just kind of stuck to their bedroom door.
1: Right. Cuz they'll like they'll their imaginations will go wild. Yeah. Like that makes you a mystery and that's what you want to be. Yeah.
0: You know? Um Somebody thought it was Austin Bentley.
1: Yeah, right, like Austin Bentley could pull something
0: like that. <laughs> oh, burn of the week on Austin Bentley. <laughs> um
1: sorry, I have nothing against Austin Bentley. I'm sorry, Austin.
0: He just like he's no Pete Black, right? No. Um oh wait, I'm in my own burn. Um I knew it. It's from Sam. I'm positive it's from Sam. You really think so? asked Jesse. Why? Before Stacy could answer, I exploded. For you? from sam give me a break who died and left you the only person on earth who could get a note from someone already a pretty good burn kind of the idea that someone would have to die for her to get a note from anyone right what said stacy oh that's right you are the greatest it's let me spell that for you such a simple rule really i t apostrophe for the letter i s it's obvious to all of us that you're the greatest one here so it must be for you by the time i finished stacy's face was the color of her correcting pencil that's how you know a burn of the week is working and she exploded right back at me well excuse me claudia kishi excuse me for trying to help you excuse me for expecting you to want to work on passing english excuse me for being your friend
1: you're excused stacy
0: you're excused i replied
1: i think she does leave <laughs>
0: And she fucking drops the fucking mic and walks out of the room.
1: Right. Yeah, Good Ridden Stacy. And then Stacy never comes back.
0: Yeah, she never comes back. A lot of people don't know this. This book was originally titled Good Ridden Stacy.
1: Right. It's called Claudia's friend and the friend is crossed out because Stacy is no longer Claudia's
0: friend. Yeah. Goodbye, Stacy. Goodbye, Stacy. Good fucking riddance. She walks all the way back to New York. Right. Right after that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: She goes back to the Grey
0: Havens. Yeah. I mean, it happens to everyone, you know? Every ring bearer. And Stacey is a ring bearer. We know that.
1: Oh, yeah, that's true.
0: And we read a book, Baby Nation, uh, if you're a new baby bees, called Stacy and the Missing Ring. And like all... It was all, a babysitter's club mystery. It was a mystery. We don't know if it's canon, but we do know that it is the case that if you bear the ring, right. one day, eventually, you have to go off to the Grey Havens. Is that
1: true? Yeah. Everyone who bears a ring goes to the Grey Havens.
0: Yeah, Sam goes.
1: What about Sauron? I mean, good people. Well, that's that's slippery. <laughs> what counts as good and what counts as bad? If it's J.R.R. Tolkien, it's like the good people are all the like fair skinned <laughs> Englanders, uh-huh. and the bad people are all like from the continent. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Uh, how about if it's just dem- it's Democrats? Is that easier? Yeah. <laughs> Democrats go to the Gray Haven. Good. You know. Yeah. And Republicans and Independents don't.
1: <laughs> they get buried in mud. Yeah. And are eventually reborn as Orakai. <laughs> yeah. <I'm> Saruman's <sorry. laughs> army.
0: <laughs> I think that's how that works. Um. You got anything else you want to
1: talk about, my man? I got some stuff. I got cool. some rowdy, rude boy stuff. Actually, can I part the kimono for a moment? Yeah. While we took a brief break, Baby Nation, to go to the bathroom and, and get some get some new beers and stuff, and in that time, I went into my bedroom where my wife is on her computer and said to her unprompted, you were very nice, <laughs> uh, and she thought I was um, playing a joke on her. <laughs> She was very skeptical. She was like, What? I was like, you were very nice. She's like, Thank you. Like, she was very worried.
0: Did she cry?
1: No, not at all. Nothing. Nothing. Huh. So, I don't think this is a real viable strategy after all, Baby Nation. I know we told you to sneak into your crush's bedroom and put a note, but. Yeah. You're probably going to want to say something else. I guess be more specific.
0: You were exceptionally nice.
1: Or, like,. Sneak in their bedroom, put a note on their door, and it says, like, you have very nice skin. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'd love to see it on my floor.
1: Your Your teeth look good.
0: They look even better on my floor. Right. Good. Okay, well, now we've learned something.
1: Uh, Jack, your audio is scrambling like crazy. I feel like we're on a desperate uh, <laughs> last-ditch effort to get this podcast done before yeah. everything falls to pieces. I have one yeah. question for you. Okay. This was a Radowski-heavy book. Yes. Shay was in the mix. Archie was in the mix. And, mm-hmm. of course, our boy. <gasps> Jackie. Wait. What did we do? We just
0: say Track and Jackie.
1: We have to go back, Kate. Track and Jackie. Track and Jackie. We have to go back! You had one. You found one.
0: I, yeah, I found it. There were some moments, right? There were some moments where it happened, where Jackie slipped in and out of time. Right. Um, because of this thing that I've been describing about the negative space, there were a lot of moments where like Claudia hears a crash that is obviously Jackie slipping out of time and moving into an alternate universe and living out an entire lifetime. Right. Uh, but Claudia's like, I heard the crash, but because I'm tutoring Shay, I just ended up going to Shay's room and right. not checking in on Jackie. It's like
1: Rosenkrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Exactly. Like, there are all these off camera moments that we just don't see.
0: Yeah, and there's something sad about it, right? Like, that's the definition of negative space. Like, did it happen? You know, right. he just lived this entire lifetime, and Claudia wasn't even there to witness the end the of blip. it, the blip right. back. Um, Tanner, describe as briefly as you can for the Baby Nation who may not be familiar with what Track and Jackie is what Anne has done with this character Jackie Radowski, so I can have some context for what I'm about to tell you
1: Baby Nation, Jackie Radowski is a time walker he slips in and out of time, Uh, every time he has one of his many slapstick goofball slip ups one of his accidents he is very clearly, and this is affirmed in the text over and over again, he's very clearly traveling through time to a point in the past or the future where he lives out an entire life before blipping back to present-day Stony Brook, Connecticut. And often, the life he leads in that blip is informed by whatever accident he's encountered in the present in Stony Brook.
0: Nailed it. This week uh, was a particularly sad one that Anne gave us. Was it? The passage in question begins as follows. It's Christie's Crushers. They're playing presumably Bart's Bashers because I think Bart's Bashers is the only other baseball team in Stony Brook. That Bart, Bashir's Bashers. <laughs> yeah. Bart Bashir's Bashers? Bash Bashers. Yeah. Bart Bashir's Bash Bashers. Christie hit a gentle looping ball just to the left of first base. Jackie began to run madly toward the plate. The ball dipped down, down, down. It just missed the top of Melody Corman's outstretched glove. Oh no, cried Christy. Still holding the bat, she hurried toward Jackie. Blip. In this moment, Jackie blips out of time. Suddenly he looks around. He's in a convoy ship approaching the beaches of Normandy.
1: Uh Omaha Beach. I mean, it is the beaches of Normandy, but I think the U.S. Naval... Operation was called Omaha Beach.
0: <laughs> Fine. He's approaching Omaha Beach on June 6, 1944. Uh huh. The Allied convoys have scuttled their ships to create a breakwater.
1: Wait, just real quick. Can I break in real quick? Uh, Steven Spielberg, if you're listening, trademark. Uh, yeah. Babysitters Club Club, 2017. Yeah.
0: Get at us, Steven. Right. If you want to do this, we'll do it. But I guess maybe also Anne.
1: We'll get Anne involved, maybe. Go ahead.
0: He's approaching the beach. He has been asked to create a breakwater with the Allied convoy to draw some of the enemy fire so some of the other soldiers can get onto the beach. He's standing strong. He's a young man. He's 22. He joined the army because he wanted to fight for his country. He wanted to save the world. There is ordnance exploding all around, but he feels invincible. He's 22, that's how you feel when you're that age. He feels invincible, he's standing up, he's got his helmet on. Uh, Grenades are coming in, bombs are coming in from enemy aircraft. But he's holding the line, he's holding the line. He turns to his friend and in that moment, even though it seems like an impossible thing to do, he smiles. He turns to his friend and he says, we're gonna live forever. We're going to live forever, Charlie. Blit. He's back. Oh, no, cried Christy, still holding the bat. Jackie didn't even slow down. He jumped on first base with both feet and said, I made it. I made it. That was when Christy realized he hadn't even felt the ball through his batting helmet. Are you okay, Jackie? She asked. He looked puzzled. I'm fine. You're out, said Lenny. No, I'm not, said Jackie. You are too, said Lenny. Why? Linny's right, said Christy. If the ball touches you while you're running the bases, you've died.
1: She didn't say you've died.
0: No, she says you're out.
1: (laughs) Uh Uh-huh.
0: Blip. A ship to Jackie's starboard side explodes from a German bomber. As the shrapnel from the explosion flies up into the air, Jackie turns to his friend. We're going to live forever, he says. But his friend's eyes are fixated on the sky above. The shrapnel is falling fast through the air, coming down in what seems like slow motion, but faster than you could imagine. It's a direct hit. Charlie looks at him with a face of horror, and Jackie doesn't understand what's going on. He doesn't understand why. Charlie reaches out his arms and holds them, and he says, it's okay, man, it's okay. And Jackie's like, no, 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 we're gonna live forever. We're going to live forever. We're heroes. We're heroes on this day. We're heroes. Blip. blip. Christy hit a smile. I'm afraid you're out, Jackie. The ball landed on your batting helmet. Jackie thought it over and then said, Oh, can we try again? (laughs) Yes, you can, Jackie. And yes, you fucking will.
1: So, young, private, first-class Jackie Radowski took a mortar shell to the head. Yeah. We can assume.
0: I think so. It's difficult to tell, kind of from the context.
1: Trademark, 2017, Babysitter's Club Club. Stephen Fogar, yeah. if you're interested. Jack and Tanner at babysittersclubclub.com.
0: Yeah, get at us.
1: Probably get Scholastic lawyers involved too.
0: Yeah, please do call them. They are f- very fucking litigious. Uh, actually, you don't need to because they are listening.
1: Oh, sure, yeah. That's fine. So, they know about it.
0: They will have heard this. Um, Tanner, it feels like it's almost time to get the fuck out of here.
1: I would love to. It's 10... 10- 30 at night here. We're recording on a Saturday night because you couldn't get your shit together the other night.
0: Boy, did I ever have some real fucking problems with my audio the other night. Um, did you fucking catch the cringy-ass moment when Christy goes to Bart's house because she thinks he wrote the note?
1: Yeah, I remember it.
0: <laughs> Everyone thinks that like their fucking boyfriend wrote the note that says you are very nice. Right. Marianne cries.
1: We've already proven that does not work.
0: It does not fucking work. Um, Jesse thinks that it's Curtis Schaller. Who the hell is
1: Curtis Schaller?
0: Who the fuck is Curtis Schaller, Jesse? Does Quint know about this? Yeah. And then
1: stepping on a Quint, Jesse.
0: Christy thinks that it's Bart Bashir of Bart's Bashers. Right. And she dresses up like in her nicest non-Steve Jobs style outfit. Right. I mean it's, it's like, still
1: pretty Steve Jobsy. Yeah,
0: it's like a really fancy turtleneck.
1: She describes it as her good jeans.
0: Yeah. She puts on <laughs> her good jeans and her like cleanest turtleneck and goes over to and like wears like perfume. Right. And goes over to Bart Basher's house and he's like playing basketball. Bart Bashir. Bart Bashir's house. And she and he's playing basketball and she's like she turns to him and she just goes, You're the best said Christy, giving Bart a significant look. Bart grinned. Uh, I wouldn't say that. Uh, You want to play 21? You are nice. Christy tried again. (laughs) Bart looked a little puzzled. Uh, I guess uh, you want to go first? Then he noticed what Christy was wearing.
1: Hey, uh, are you going someplace special? (laughs) I'm surprised Bart Bashir is able to keep it together as well as he is. (laughs) Like, if you approached me and started saying things like, you are nice, and you were wearing, like, nice clothing, like you are wearing, like, slacks and, like, a button-up with a tie, I'd be like, oh, my God, Jack has been taken. (laughs) I don't know who this is, but it's not Jack. It's like, this is a manhunter, you know? Like, this is a robotic entity from the stars who has come down and, like, body swapped. Uh,
0: Yeah, maybe it's one of the 13 ghosts that are sent to test you.
1: It could be. Did you watch our trailer yet?
0: No, I didn't watch it. I'm trying to record our fucking podcast together.
1: Give it a watch. I'm
0: definitely going to give it a watch. I'll watch it with my wife if she can forgive me for...
1: My wife? It's very spooky. Yeah. Okay. She likes that?
0: No, not necessarily. Um, Tanner, let's get the fuck out of here. Let's leave. Let's go. Let's go home. Let's go home to our wives.
1: I'm home. My wife is 10 feet away. Okay. Your wife is probably like 40 feet away and you're fucking... Alice in the sky.
0: <laughs> yeah, she's all the way in one of our extraneous rooms.
1: Right. She's lost in the hedge maze <laughs> out back. Yeah. You have to go find her.
0: It's beautiful outside. Is it? Yeah, here in it Texas. Is, uh,
1: it has been raining for 24 hours here.
0: I can see the stars.
1: Uh, not me, because it's uh, currently raining and has been for 24 hours.
0: Uh, we don't do that over here.
1: Do you know what I heard about the stars? in texas what at night they're big and bright
0: yeah that seems right so far
1: and then you do claps deep in the heart of texas (laughs) i think you have to learn that song now that you live there okay do you know it no do you even know what i'm referencing it's a song about texas called deep in the heart of texas okay anyway i believe you about the stars being big and bright
0: yeah they're big and bright. Um. What do we do? It's been a while since I podcasted.
1: Um, I say... Baby Nation.
0: Baby Nation. We love you. Oh, and we kiss you. We kiss you. So much. And we think you're very nice. Right. You're the best. Yeah. And uh,
1: hard, hard stop. I think that's yep. it. And then the music comes in, and then the HeadGum outro plays, and we're good. Oh, wait. No.
0: Uh, this week, Baby Nation, we read a book that was called Claudia's Friend, alternatively... Claudia's Friend Friend, alternatively... Claudia's friend, friend. Next week, we're reading a book called Dawn's Family Feud. That sounds bad. I desperately do not want Dawn and Marianne to have another fight together.
1: You don't think maybe it's um, whatever that betrayer's name is who moves to the other side of the country? Jeff. Jeff.
0: No, I don't think so. I think it's going to be Spear versus Schaefer.
1: done that, Anne.
0: We've done it, Anne. And also, like, there's going to come a point where it's like, are these two fucking sisters slash best friends even friends? Right. If they they're fucking
1: constantly bickering.
0: They're like the Hatfields and the McCoys.
1: One of them threatens to move away from the other.
0: Yeah, just bullshit. Um, This week, Baby Nation, I have been Jack Shepard.
1: I have been Tanner Greenring.
0: This week. And we both implore you, if you truly are, as we think you are, very nice, mm-hmm. please leave a very nice review for us on iTunes.
1: And if you like this show of ours, Mm -hmm. and we hope you do, Mm -hmm. subscribe to it Yep. in iTunes, in Google Play, in Spotify, wherever you feel like listening to it.
0: Yep. Just throw us
1: a a script.
0: Yep. And, And tell your friends about it.
1: Tell your friends about it, too. Sure. Duh. No duh, Jack.
0: Yep. Those are all the things that are true. I'm looking forward to reading Don's Family Feud next week, unless uh, there's a big fight between Don and Marianne, in which case I am dreading it.
1: I'm going to go home now.
0: You are home. Bye. Cla- Claudia's... Let me fucking sign out. Oh, Tanner's taking off his headphones. He's not even listening. Claudia's wearing a bra now, the way she talks. You would think the boy's head just been invented. Checking now, and here I am, talking uh, into the mic. Um, Everything seemed fine before, right up until the end, when it just, it like, it glitched like right at the last fucking second, and I don't know why that is the case, or what would have caused that. Um, Maybe we're near an electrical tower, um, or God hates me. Um, It seems like the latter is the most likely. Um, I am a worm among men. And God will crush me with his heel into the ground. Uh, He turns his face away from me uh, because he despises me and everything that I stand for. All right. um, That's pretty good. I'm going to hit pause again because why not? And then let's just, if shit sounds good, let's just fucking start. And may God have mercy on our goddamn souls. That was a headgum podcast.